You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Kindling Helpline is brought to you by 136 National Home Doctor Service. 136 is Australia's largest network of home visiting doctors. So if you need urgent medical care but your GP is closed, make the call to 136. Chris Minogue has been a mothercraft nurse for over 30 years. She works with families all day, every day, uh, and that's families with one baby, two, possibly even three, um, all at the same age, and then mixtures of ages as well. So if you need guidance on something in particular that's just for your family, Chris can cater her advice just to you. It could be about settling two different age children in the same bedroom. It could be how to feed your baby and make sure your toddler's happy at the same time. Give us a call. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's 1-800-543-772. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Just starting with a text. We've got this question here. I'm not sure who it's from because it's a text, but um, the person says, what to do when bub wakes up at 4 a.m. every day and won't resettle, but has huge naps during the day, and the baby is apparently nine months old. Okay, so first thing you'd do is make sure that the sleeps in the day weren't too big. So on average, a nine-month-old has about an hour in the morning, maybe an hour and a half, and an hour and a half to two, two and a half hours in the afternoon. So they're having somewhere between three and three and a half hours of sleep in a day. So if they're getting more than that, it may affect when they wake up at night. So this little baby might sleep really well for mum in the day, goes down at seven o'clock, but by four in the morning, it's just not tired. So one is to look at how much sleep the baby's getting. So ideally, the minimum would be an hour in the morning and two hours in the afternoon. So a variation of half an hour is not going to make that big a difference. Um, So that would be good. Goes down about three and a half or three, three and a half hours after the last sleep. So look at the timing. And then if it still persists, then it's just a matter of trying to encourage that baby to resettle again. So doesn't really, at nine months, won't need anything, won't need a bottle, won't need those types of um, dependent um, settling techniques. Probably just needs to be left for a little bit, go in and pat comfort and and go backwards and forwards until the child realises to go back to sleep again. I can imagine that um, mothers have a huge aversion to waking a sleeping baby. Yep. <laughs> but I in would, this case... But in this case, it's probably contributing to the waking at four o'clock in the morning. Do you have a technique of waking a baby when I generally just open the door and open the blind so they naturally just wake over the next 10 minutes or so in natural light. And usually that's all that's needed. So as soon as you open the door, it's almost like it disturbs their sleep in itself but leaving them for a few minutes to fully wake up and that should not have them grumpy so sometimes when you wake them they're really grumpy because they're actually in a deep sleep so I just give them that time frame to wake up but they're not in a deep sleep. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's here to answer your questions you can call us on 1800 543 772 or you can text us on 0437 265 200. We have a question from Nicole. I think this is from Facebook actually. What's the best way to deal with a five-year-old girl that started wetting herself at big school? No underlying problem have been to the doctors. I've tried extra drinks to increase her bladder size, 
prompting her to go so she doesn't get lazy. I just don't want her getting teased at school from a concerned mama. Oh, That's hard, isn't it? That is hard. And if she's generally good for you, I wouldn't increase her fluid to increase her bladder. I don't don't think that's probably where this is coming from. If she has been really good or is any, if any of them have been really good and they're regressing and they're predominantly only regressing in one area, such as might be daycare or might be school for her, maybe she's a little bit stressed. And the most common thing at school is she's keeping to the rules. So going to the toilet is recess and lunchtime and but her bladder's telling her she needs to go in the middle of the class in the middle of a lesson so maybe she feels she can't put her hand up and say can I go to the toilet so the first thing is I'd be saying you can go to the toilet anytime I'd be talking to her teacher about it making it clear not to the whole class but just between them that it is perfectly okay to go to the toilet when needed so I would say at a five-year-old level just to be regressing at school it's something about school so it's so interesting you say that because my daughter was only just saying to me last night, yeah. she gets freaked out at recess and yeah. lunch because everyone runs, runs. to the toilet because yeah. they haven't been able to. And so yeah. they all run. And, and it's overwhelming to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've also got a, a text just come in. Um, it's from Nell. She yeah. says, my one-year-old has just become really fussy about certain foods and textures. He's just too distracted and doesn't seem interested. Help. Oh, Yeah. This is really typical of their age group. So remember that he wants to be independent um, with what he's doing. Um, So let him eat. And he probably doesn't need to eat as much as we think they want to eat. So we let him guide. So if he's having a go at putting the spoon in, you're just spooning as well. Um, They do become very fussy, usually a little bit later. He might have just started a little bit earlier. And the more we give in to that behaviour, the more he'll restrict the diet. So the more he throws wheat picks on the floor and you give him a piece of toast because that's what he wants, the more he'll only eat the piece of toast. So it's not that he has to eat the wheat picks, but keep putting different foods down for him. So usually breakfast, he can manage partly on his own and he'll need help. Um, lunch, finger food dinner finger food so is he rejecting it because you're trying to feed him or is he rejecting it because he's trying to be independent and he wants everything in his hand to pick up but they don't eat a lot the other thing that I find is when this is typically happening is they're getting lots and lots of snacks so I don't necessarily I'm not as hungry at those meals so I tend to throw it on the floor so, yeah, they won't throw it if they're hungry. Will yeah, they? they won't throw it if they're <laughs> hungry. So maybe for a couple of days you can pull back on the snacks or maybe drop a snack and bring the meals a little bit closer and encourage him to eat a little bit better. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned with kids. I know it's silly because I've been a parent five years, but snacking is an oh, absolute yeah. um, appetite killer. Yep, absolutely. That's why French obvious. children don't throw food because they don't get <laughs> snacks. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's here to answer your questions. You can send a text, which is 0437 665 200, or call 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. We have a, te- a text here. Um, It's quite a long one, so bear with me. I have a a four-month-old and a a two-and-a-half-year-old, and the baby screams very intensely before he goes to sleep regularly. He only sleeps for 40 minutes at a time during the day and is awake between naps around one-and-a-half to two hours. The difficulty is that I can do nothing with the toddler. That is, I barely hear her whilst trying to settle the little one, and I feel bad about it, and reluctant to leave him alone to cry. The little one. Mm. Right. So 
Uh, this is a tricky one because you've got two little ones that sort of are pulling you in two different ways. But you can't be all things to everybody and we need to work out who who needs you and what the priority is. So we've got a little four-month-old who needs lots of help settling and resettling. That's just an age-appropriate behaviour. You're probably trying to link a couple of the sleeps so that the sleeps are a little bit longer. So depending on your two-year-old and how well they're doing, that two-year-old probably I would set him up with something before you go to the uh, to the baby. So set him up with an activity. If he is a television boy as in he likes, um, I don't know, the wiggles, I'd only use the wiggles when you're putting that little baby to sleep. So you can give him something to distract him. You can't do two things for, you know, be pulled into places. But that little baby needs some help to settle. And at four, four and a half months, he still needs help. So you're probably only leaving him for the time frame of setting the toddler up or checking the toddlers are still okay, and then going back and helping the baby to go to sleep. It's going to be a juggle. That's why it's called the juggle. Um, but try and prioritise who needs what from you at that particular time. And if it's any help, um, when my kids were that age, I, I think that that's a very common feeling. Yeah. And you, you, I don't want to say that you get used to it, but it's almost like you, it, you get match fitness in yeah, terms yeah. of splitting your time mm. and your it's love. It's an extreme and, sport. Yes. And mm. it's, it is very hard with your second because you've been able to concentrate on your, on your first, first with so much. But I think the other thing is to remember that your first is more independent than you think they are. You know, your baby still needs you because they physically can't do it. But your two-and-a-half-year-old is able to do something, you know, plaque, stack blocks, watch the wiggles for three minutes. Not that they should watch television every day, but if that gives you three, four, five minutes to deal with the baby, you, you can't be all things to everybody. Mm, so... Partly this is give yourself a break, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's had over 30 years experience and she is the author of a book called Bringing Baby Home. Um, we have another one, actually. This text was something that I remember. I never had this problem, but it, it was always something I wondered about. The text says, if your 10-week-old were to sleep for 13 hours... Would you wake them to feed them or just leave them be? I'd leave them be. 13 hours is particularly unusual. So I would probably say that between 11 and a half and 12 hours is fine. There's a few think boxes you have to tick. So you have to get enough feeds in during the day. So if you go to 13 hours, you're going to run out of quite literally out of daytime you know that's saying that they go to bed for an example at seven and get up at eight in the morning so I think you'd find it difficult to get all the feeds in that are required just to put weight on so if your little one might be feeding every three hours let's say seven ten one four and seven that's during the day to the evening and sleeps till seven in the morning I'd I'd be kissing its little head <laughs> as long as it was putting weight on, feeding effectively and meeting all the milestones for that, that age group. So 13 is probably a bit long, but I'd happily go to 12 
<laughs> I love that advice. Chris, thank you so much for your it's time a pleasure. today. That's Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. She'll be back next week at midday answering your questions. And just for today, we're having a very special Facebook Live with Chris Minogue. So if you or any of your friends are happier asking questions online, we'll be just jump onto your Facebook and search for Kindling Kids Radio. We'll be doing that from 12.30 Eastern Standard Time today. So check that out. Kindling Helpline is brought to you by 136 National Home Doctor Service. If you or a loved one needs urgent medical care but your GP is closed, make the call to 136. That's 137425 for a bulk build after hours doctor home visit. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.